Hi everyone, it's great to have you back for episode number four of Ben's Learning Lounge. Today we've got a slightly more serious topic. We're going to be talking a bit about chronic fatigue syndrome, which is a debilitating illness which I actually have myself. I've had it for about three and a half years now and I'm currently slowly but surely recovering from this illness which affects up to 24 million people around the world. So it's obviously a topic I hold very close to my heart. Today we have a very special guest, Raylan. Raylan Agle actually has recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome. It took her 10 years of having the illness until she recovered, but she's managed to recover. She's back strong now and she's got her own YouTube channel, which you can go and check out. I'll leave links to that in different places. She also has a book, which I bought myself and read through to make sure that it's all great for you guys. If you have chronic fatigue syndrome, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's called Finding Freedom. It's all about her escape plan, her incredible journey, and it's got some very helpful advice in there for people who do have chronic fatigue syndrome. I'll post a link to that on my YouTube and Facebook, but you can also read more about it on her website, raylanagle.com. That's spelled R-A-E-L-A-N-A-G-L-E.com. That's R-A-E-L-A-N-A-G-L-E.com. Also, if you want to check it out, I did an interview on her channel on YouTube. Again, that'll just be Raylan Agle on YouTube, and you can see the interview I did on her channel. Now, just a reminder too that this podcast is a fundraiser for Mind. If you want to go check out them, you want to go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Ben's Learning Lounge. One more time, that's justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Ben's Learning Lounge. Mind are a great charity. They're all about helping people who have mental health issues or difficulties, and they provide services that help signpost people to what they can do, how they can support themselves, and providing advice, etc. So I really, really recommend giving to them, or at the very least, checking them out. Now, without further ado, I will pass you on to Raylan. All right, thanks again, Raylan, for saying you'd be on the podcast. It's brilliant to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to take part. Yes, no problem. So today the topic is obviously chronic fatigue syndrome. Now, a lot of my listeners listening won't actually know what that is. They could probably pick pick together, I mean, maybe what it means from the words being used, but they might not have met anyone with it. So I was wondering, from your experience at least, what, what chronic fatigue syndrome is and, and what it has done to you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the name gives you an idea, but I think most of us who have it agree that it's kind of a crappy name because it's a pretty, it can be a pretty serious and debilitating illness and the name makes it sound like you just kind of get tired once in a while. I oh, and it's definitely a lot more than that. So for me, my experience has been that I'm just a, like a regular, healthy, active you know, person working full time, working out all the time. I was about 30 years old and I got the flu and then I essentially just, it never went away. So it was fatigue, yes, um, but extreme fatigue where I couldn't get out of bed for days and no matter how much I rested, I wouldn't get any better. So it seems to be one of the hallmark symptoms for me is that severe exhaustion that is never made better by rest. And then anything that I did, whether physical or mental exertion, I would feel so much worse. And it could be really small things, like just a conversation with a friend, trying to socialize. You know, like I said, I worked out a lot and all of a sudden I couldn't manage anything, like even just a few, you know, crunches on the floor and I would just feel sick afterwards. And there were some other symptoms too that came and go. Uh, It seems, as I understand it, to vary a bit from person to person, Uh, but I had 
you know, headaches and nausea that came and went. I had body aches. All of a sudden, my sleep became really bad, which was frustrating because I was so exhausted and so sick and I couldn't get the sleep that I needed. The term, I don't know if everyone's familiar with it, but brain fog is usually what we say. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thinking became really hard, you know, concentrating on things, remembering things, you know, coming up with the words for things, having just the clarity in my mind to hold a conversation with someone was really difficult. It is strange, isn't it? Because when people talk about, or oh, sorry, when people think about chronic fatigue syndrome, a lot of people would probably just think of the, the fatigue and hence why it's probably not the best name for it because there are a, a huge range of extra symptoms that come alongside it, which is, which, you know, is sort of obviously seen as secondary. But I mean, to name a few that I get, you know, I, I get, get bad headaches, I get sore throats, I get the, the sort of ability after I've done an exercise, I'm very, very tired afterwards. I used to be quite active as well before I before I got it too and that also seems like a common theme too I mean you mentioned that you you're quite an active person and you said you got the flu before you got it right yeah yeah that seems to be what kicked it off for me I did have yeah. the sore throats as well that was another one I forgot to mention yeah but it never just sort of comes on you know it's not like a um, chronic fatigue syndrome for, for a lot of people that I've spoke to at least with it uh, they just kind of get it. There tends to be this short period of sickness beforehand. I mean, I had the same experience. I actually had, I wouldn't say I didn't have the flu, but I had an incredibly bad sore throat. I know people might say that that's like candida or, or whatever, which it, it could be, but there's always some kind of health link beforehand that then sort of puts the onset on, right? Yeah. The more people I talk to, the more I see that. And it's quite often it's some kind of virus, but it might be a car accident I've talked to people who have got it after sports injuries. Um, some people after even just severe emotional trauma, like someone close to them dies, yeah. something that hits them really, really hard. So yeah, there always seems to be some kind of blow to the body, whether it's a virus or an injury. And or not, not always, I, I can't say that, but for the people that I speak to, it seems common for sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially as well with active people, I've noticed too. I mean, it looks like that people who tend to do a lot and from hearing your, your own videos, which are, which are great to listen to, by the way, you, I hear you talk about, you know, your your own struggles of beforehand. You're an incredibly active person before this. And I think your body does hit the brakes all of a sudden, really, doesn't it? Just kind of like, you're not listening to me. We need to stop. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a theme amongst the people that I talk to. And so many people say, oh, when I listen to your story, it's like I could be saying it myself. I was exactly the same. It seems like a lot of people who really push the limits, a lot of over overachievers. But then I think, I mean, one, it's a struggle for people who are so used to being so busy and so active. It's like running into a brick wall. But then also the mentality is that, well, I guess I just need to rest. Clearly, I've been running myself down, so I need to rest and this will go away. And in my experience, and most of the people that I talk to, or virtually everyone I talk to, it, rest never fixes it. It never goes away. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I can 100% say that that's, that's been the case for me too. And going back to the start there, when you talked about how it was originally for you, how is sort of chronic fatigue syndrome diagnosed? I mean, how did you know that definitely that was, that was what you had? Well, the first doctor I went to did, ran a whole bunch of tests. And essentially concluded that there was nothing wrong with me, which was quite frustrating. <laughs> um, all the tests were normal. And, but even the frustrating part for me was that even though my tests were normal, um, she, I felt that she should have still believed that, that there was something wrong with me. And I didn't even feel that she believed it. Like maybe I was just exaggerating or making it up. 
So I searched around until I found a doctor that was willing to believe me, essentially, and treat it seriously. And he eventually diagnosed me with chronic fatigue syndrome. It was sort of a process of elimination because he also did a ton of tests, far more thorough than the first doctor did. And when everything came up fine, just looking at the symptoms um, and just my overall experience, he diagnosed it from that. It was kind of a process of elimination. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same for, for me and I'm sure for everyone who gets it is that it's never a, it would be a lot more, I don't want to say satisfying because not having any sort of diagnosable disease is satisfying, but at least you can know you have the symptom of this, that's what it is. You know, you have this, that's what it is. But with, with chronic fatigue syndrome, they can run you through all sorts of tests. I think I've had, you know, over the three and a half years, I've gone for about six or seven different blood tests with different doctors uh, until it was finally sort of, you know, confirmed that I had chronic fatigue syndrome, that each time they would just come back normal. And it's from that that they have to sort of, you know, decipher, well, if there's nothing else wrong with him, it's sort of, we have to put it in this lump of, it's chronic fatigue syndrome which I suppose is also why a lot of people have different symptoms alongside with it when it's such a, a large umbrella term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's odd. You, you start wanting, at least I found, those blood tests to come back showing something because it's really frustrating not to see an example and it feels more concrete. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I did my bit of research before I knew that that's definitely what I had and I, I just was like, yeah, well, that's that looks like it fits the bill, you know, that looks like it's the right term. And then when the doc, it's quite funny actually, because the doctor called me and, and she said, so, you know, I just want to confirm with you that, that you do have chronic fatigue syndrome. And I went, oh, right, yeah, okay. And she went, usually at this time, we give the patients a little bit of time to sort of think about it. And I said, well, I sort of thought about it for the past year. And she went, oh, all right then. Well, if you need anything else, <laughs> it's just kind of wrapped up that way. And how did you feel about that diagnosis? In some way, honestly, Raylan, I think I felt comforted that I finally had one because it took a good few years until that was actually put in front of me. So just to know that that, that was there was, was glad and to then have something, you know, taken a little bit more seriously, speaking to my doctor, then they were able to talk more a little bit about if I needed time off work, that they would provide me some slips and things because I was working originally full time and then I moved it down to part time and now I'm, now I'm not working there at all. But it was just good to have that ability to have those services available, just knowing that they were there and knowing that I was going to be taken a little bit more seriously. I don't know if that was the similar case for you. I think I had somewhat of a unique experience because my mother also was really sick and she also was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. So I watched her suffer with it for so many years that I was actually really familiar with the diagnosis. And it was a really hopeless diagnosis in my experience. So I wanted any other diagnosis than chronic fatigue syndrome. So even just hearing those words for me felt like a death sentence. So I didn't feel any relief. Um, I, would, I think I would have rather kept going with no label than that label. Yeah, but mo most mm -hmm. people I talk to oh, see, say yeah. the same as you. It's just, it's just good to have a name to put to your experience and at least some sort of direction to go with it. I think as well, doing that research earlier and, and seeing what chronic fatigue syndrome was, I think I already had that experience too of just being like, well, that's what it is, I suppose. This is the word chronic's in there. You know, what am I going to do? And I sort of had that experience beforehand. But what I want to come to really, and one of the interesting things about this podcast is that even though you've had chronic fatigue syndrome, you've actually managed to make, make a recovery over the years. And that's from a few different factors of things that you've put in place and watching your videos, you, you talk a lot about these things. So I want to know firstly about how those first few years were with chronic fatigue syndrome and how you managed to keep a positive mindset and, and what you actually actively tried to do during those years. 
and then also how you managed to begin that process of recovery i'll give you i'll try and give you the quick the quick highlights of it uh the first couple of years i was the sickest so the first couple of years they hit me really hard um you know i could i couldn't even the vast majority of the time even walk one or two minutes i was just mostly in bed um, but despite that i somehow did manage to try a lot of things um, I spent tens of thousands of dollars on testing, on supplements, on trying different therapies. The doctor I landed with was, um, he did a, a mix of Western medicine and holistic medicine. So we did, you know, conventional kind of approaches. I was put on antivirals, antibiotics, um, you know, thyroid medication, you know, things, different prescriptions to support the different organs in my body. But then I also went on this insane supplement regimen that was, I was taking about 100 pills per day. Wow. No he way. I was a really big believer in building my body back up. So just everything under the sun, you know, and I was giving myself B12 injections and so many things. I bought an infrared sauna and installed it in my basement because I was told that could help with the body's healing. You know, I was doing dry skin brushing. I was meditating. I, I just, just anything, everything. Every book I could find, I did every single thing that I could manage. Uh, and I did see some progress in those first couple of years. Uh, you know, I cleaned up my diet. I made my whole home completely, you know, organic and toxin-free. There were no more, you know, toxic cleaners. And all of my food came from organic markets and cut out all the junk food, all the alcohol, all the, you know, all the bad stuff. It's quite a commitment, though, isn't it? Because you're having to really, obviously, it shows, too, about how difficult it is to, to live with the symptoms that you're so prepared. You're just happy just to throw throw away everything just for the goddamn chance to feel a bit awake. Absolutely. It's just pure desperation, for lack of a better word. Like, I will try yeah. anything. I, I did some kind of constellation therapy where you had to, you know, communicate with your dead ancestors and that they would help you heal like and I honestly didn't really put a, much stock in a lot of this stuff but it was just that desperation like all right let's try it it worked for someone out there it's worth a shot <laughs> so yeah so some of that stuff actually pulled its weight in the beginning and I suspect it was mostly just all those efforts to clean up my life um because it really can go a long way I've come to appreciate things like you know diet and you know, supporting your body and getting, you know, sunshine and enough water and all that stuff can help more than I used to give it credit. So that was my first couple of years, but then I kind of plateaued and I felt like I'd run out of things to try. I really felt like I was doing everything that I'd ever read or heard about or that my doctor told me to do. Uh, and I, I kind of just hit this breaking point where I couldn't just, after two years of this intense bubble of just working so hard to get well and my whole life being about my being sick that I just couldn't do it anymore. And also my mom passed away um, and I got divorced. I just, my whole life kind of felt like it was imploding. And I just ah, had this sort of early midlife crisis and I just needed to take a break from it all. So I did. And for the next few years, I kind of just coasted and my focus was just more on trying to get through my days. And I was about 50% better at this point, uh, which helped me to survive, but it was still really rough. Every single day was still this struggle. Every single day was this stressful battle where I, I really didn't know how I could get through it. You know, I could do things for small amounts of times, maybe go up for an hour or two and do things, but then I'd come back home and I'd crash and I would just be so exhausted and I'd have to be in bed for hours, probably till the next day, trying to recuperate. So that was my life for a few years until I realized I couldn't live the rest of my life that way. Uh, it was just too hard. So then I got serious 
about healing again. And from everything I'd read and learned and the things I tried over the years that had shown some progress, I just put together this own healing program for myself. And again, for about two years, went back into that pretty much that healing bubble of just really 100% focusing on getting myself well. I didn't think it was going to be two years. I was hoping it was going to be more like six months or a year where I really cracked down and then I would have this finally taken care of, but it ended up taking about two years. But it worked. You know, eventually it worked. The plan that I put together wasn't perfect from the start. You know, I had to tweak it and learn from things as I went and see things that weren't working and try new things, but um, eventually it it all came together. So how did you, I mean, First of all, that's incredible. Just managing to hear how you managed to get get through that, putting all that into place. A few things I'm interested in is, especially during that time when you knew you were going to get more serious again about healing, I think it's easy for a lot of us to not hang our ego up, not put it aside sometimes. And we know we want to get serious and we might have these short bursts where we are serious and then we kind of pay the price for it later. How did you manage to, to keep that balance of your energy whilst you were trying to heal yourself? Yeah, I mean, it was rough. It was, especially the first year, it was, it was, a, it was a tough year. It, exercise was a part of what I was doing. And even though I could only do so little, it made me feel worse. So however bad I was already feeling, this recovery program of mine made my life even harder. But the thing that kept me going and kept me motivated was that I could see that it was working. And after so many years of being sick, just seeing those really small gains was like winning the lottery. So I, I just knew I, I, there was no searching for motivation or trying to find, you know, the will to keep going. It was just there. I felt unstoppable, like nothing in the world was going to keep me from doing what I was doing because I could see myself finally digging myself out of this, you know, horrible situation I've been in for years. Um, unfortunately, I had the support of my then boyfriend, now husband. We moved in together and just having someone there to support me through it really helped tons. And I didn't, you know, I had that company and the... Because I think when you're chronically ill, you spend a lot of time alone and the loneliness can be really toxic. So just having that constant, you know, loving support person in my life to just be there while I put all my focus into myself, really helped hold everything together. So yeah, between the progress and the support, it, it wasn't easy, but it was doable. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that is a key part too about if you can find someone who does understand, be that a friend, be that a family member, be that someone in your relationship with, but someone who really does get what you're going through and can support you through that, I suppose, can can really make the world a difference. I mean, I'm quite lucky to have very, I don't know what the word would be, tolerance friends <laughs> of what I've got. You know, they can work around it. They know if I'm canceling plans, that type of stuff. And they're, they're very interested in, in how I'm managing. And I have to say that that has been a, a huge force in me managing to be a bit more calm with myself and sort of just get through it with that knowledge that my friends are there beside me. And I think that that is sort of, like you said, incredibly important. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So I also wanted to know, and this is based on one of the questions I've had from, I have a sort of a small group of people who have chronic fatigue syndrome and they have a, have a few questions that they wanted to ask. And, and one of them was, how do you manage to deal with people who don't actually understand what chronic fatigue syndrome is during that time in your day-to-day life? You know, you might have certain people who don't understand that there are certain things you can't make or can't do. Do you, do you have to like try and explain that to them? Do they always get it? Do they sometimes just think you're faking it? How, how is that? Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. And I definitely have my own approach and I'm not at all saying this should be everyone's approach. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's right or the best way to go about it, but you know, I imagine you know what it's like. You kind of just get on survival mode and you have to do what works for you. 
So I found that I have two approaches depending on who I'm dealing with. I've kind of grouped people into people who are close to me and I really care about what they think and I'd like them to understand a bit and then the rest of the world. So for the people who are close to me, I found the best way to do it because I can try explaining what I'm going through until I'm blue in the face and it does not seem like it really sinks in. Mm. So I found the best approach is actually to find ways to get other people to explain it. So things like my parents or my partners or close friends, I'll find good documentaries or good podcasts and then I'll just ask them to sit down and watch it or listen to it with me and I, I, it seems to click more when they hear it coming from other people. You know, or yes. maybe it reinforces what you're going through because that other person is echoing what you've been saying. So it validates it a bit or paints a better picture of what the whole experience is like. So that's been my experience for people close to me. And fortunately, I've been lucky that the people close to me have been very good and very understanding because I know that's not always the case with everybody. And then with the rest of the world, it kind of depends on how much I value what they think. And sometimes I lie. <laughs> I just make up excuses. Yeah. It's interesting, but I just get exhausted of having to explain myself and my life over and over and over. So sometimes I'll find, I'll meet a new friend that I don't know well. Let's call them an acquaintance, actually. They're like, hey, let's get together and go running. And I'll make jokes about myself being lazy or that like I'm a sit-down kind of girl. Like, do you want to go for coffee? Other than explain to them my whole medical history. It's difficult, isn't it? I'm in the exact same thing where there are a lot of people out there and you want, in a sense, there's always a small part in the back of my head that wants everyone to know what this is so they can understand it, you know, but you know that, that in reality, it's not going to work like that. And sometimes if you're trying to explain something, especially with something like chronic fatigue syndrome, to them, it's just going to, it might just sound a lot like, look, I'm, I'm really tired all the time and I know you're really tired too, but I don't want to do it because I'm tired. And that's, that's the concern. So I think sometimes I've, I've done the same thing you know I've kind of either made little jokes or kind of pulled away and said look you know actually I'm um I'm busy on that day or I'm a little bit tired for that you know I don't think I'll have the ability today to do that and that kind of has been my way at least and it seems quite similar to your approach yeah I think we all have to have our boundaries and it's you know there's that part of me that wants to always be advocating and spreading awareness about this illness and I shouldn't be covering it up I shouldn't be lying I should be up front that's exhausting and you can't do yes. that all the time so, and I've also found too, if I choose the terminology, like I'll pick and choose, because I don't know what it's been like for you, but for me, chronic fatigue syndrome also includes an umbrella of other little diagnoses. Um, uh, so I was also diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, although I'm not sure I ever actually had it. But when I was dealing with people that I thought, because that one can have a bit more of uh, awareness around it, people have heard of it, it might even sound more legit to some people. So. When I was still trying to hold down a job, if I had to explain health issues, I, I wouldn't even say chronic fatigue syndrome. I would just say Lyme disease because I felt like it was going to ah, be completely yeah. understood. It seems to have more credibility to the name, right? Yeah, and they can they can size it up quickly. They're, oh, it's a bacterial infection. Okay, yes, I get that. I've, I've heard of it. And again, not doing anything for moving forward the movement of understanding chronic fatigue syndrome, but sometimes you just, I don't know, you got to... I just look at yeah. my audience and I kind of pick the tools from my toolbox and what I think is going to be easiest and most effective for me. Isn't it quite quite ironic then, therefore, that, you know, if you have chronic fatigue syndrome, it can be quite exhausting to try and explain it to people. It's it's not, not the best mix, is it? It's really not. I really want to tell you what I'm going through, but I am too tired. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, you know, maybe give them a business card or something with the info on to read. <laughs> 
So something else I, I was interested uh, in knowing about you, and again, it was part of to do with the question that I got asked to, to ask you, but what if, what did you personally find worse? Was it the physical effects or mental effects? Or, you know, is there difficult to separate them? The physical effects were definitely worse for me. I had phases where the brain fogs, the brain fog, sorry, and the, like, the way my, uh, my mental clarity was affected was quite intense, but they were shorter in duration and... For the rest of my illness, those symptoms were more mild. So the physical symptoms were definitely the worst. And what kind of physical symptoms? Is that just like the the difficulty in, in moving physically? The biggest one for me was uh, a term I'm sure you know, I'm not sure if everyone else listening does, but the post-exertional malaise. So that yeah. extreme sickness and exhaustion that you get from exerting yourself um, and not recovering from rest. So, yeah, just trying to do little things and then being laid out for hours or days or, you know, weeks. It's really tough. Yeah. How did you find the uh, nutritional aspect? Because I'm trying to eat healthily currently to, to varying degrees of success, I have to say, really. And I've, I'm, um, I eat healthily and then I sort of splurge a little bit on some chocolates and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's difficult to find what's, what's working and what's not. But how did you find the nutritional aspect? Oh, my goodness. It's been such a journey. I've... Diet is such a crazy one. I think most of us would agree on this because there's so much conflicting information. And even if you're trying your hardest, it's really hard to know if you're on the right track. You know, there's so many people that find one way that works really well. And then there's an equal but opposing group that says, no, another way is the way to go. Oh, yeah. I've got the best example of that. Sorry, before I did the perfect thing I can think of there is the uh, is the, the sort of a vegan versus carnivore diets that's the biggest uh, that is the most conflicting piece of thing that I've, I've noticed within the community i'm so split between these two halves really oh they're both so convincing it's really yes. tough <laughs> you can flip yes. back and forth and you're like i am so on team carnivore this makes so much sense and then <laughs> more on the other side you're like oh my goodness no. it does feel it does feel like teams as well doesn't it, it feels like sports teams and then plus, I think, at least this was my experience, is that in the beginning, I was battling a lot of food addictions when I first got sick. So it wasn't even just what I thought was best, but, you know, I had this raging sugar addiction um, that I had these horrible sugar cravings. Uh, so I was, even if I just decided I didn't want to, it wasn't so simple for me as just flipping a switch. You know, I would still break down and eat these things that I knew I wasn't supposed to be eating. And later on, years later, once I learned... Um, kind of how to be healthier and I healed my gut and did some different things those cravings completely went away so it's interesting that all those years I thought it was just weak willpower I wasn't as strong as everybody else who was making good food choices I actually just had a really messed up body that <laughs> was um, making it difficult so yeah I tried a lot of different diets over the years uh, and for quite a while I felt that something resembling kind of a keto diet was best you know I was doing a really lean meat and vegetable kind of diet and I was seeing some progress, and a lot of other people were seeing progress with this diet too, so I thought it was good, but my progress was still incredibly slow. And then I watched a documentary uh, about the benefits of a vegan diet. It wasn't the first one I'd seen, but just at that time, I knew that my progress wasn't going as fast as I'd hoped it to be, and this it was the Game Changers documentary, incidentally, and it was just really convincing. So and my husband and I both actually decided to give it a go, we just went overnight made the switch and we committed to three months. We're like, let's do this. These people are just thriving on this diet, diet and let's give it a try. And for me, it was great. So 
I almost instantly knew finally after a lifetime of wondering that this was the diet for me and I still stick with it to this day. I'm about, I'd say 95 to 98% whole food plant-based yeah. and it just fits. Like everything in my body works better. It's so obvious. I don't have to question it. Yeah. Um, I just know it's perfect for me, but I don't know that it's perfect for everybody else because not everybody else has the same experience, which is maybe oh, why oh. it's so confusing. Yeah, and I think it's it's important for everyone to obviously, you know, you mentioned before it was a journey and for everyone to go on that own journey themselves, you know, take things out, put things in. I've certainly experimented. I've tried the keto diet for a month and that didn't work for me. Uh, but I've done things like I've took out gluten from my diet. That's been, for me, I mean, I know a lot of people have, have also tried that, but that for me was, was, was massive, taking gluten out. Um, and I also reduce things like lactose. So I think you definitely have to play around with a lot of different things to find out what it is that might be affecting you negatively. So what kind of advice would you give for people who are going through chronic fatigue syndrome at the moment? So, you know, you've definitely had your, your fair share, you've been through the wars, and I know we've mentioned that no size fits all, but I definitely want to know if there's any, you know, any approach which you might recommend to people um, who are listening. There's a couple of different things that I think of when I think of this. I mean, one, I have, I can, you know, share some specific thing that worked well for me, of course, which may or may not work for everybody else. But more importantly, I think it's more just the general approach and attitude that you have towards this and being prepared that unfortunately, it's probably going to be a bit of a marathon to get better. And for me, I really didn't value how much I needed to take care of my mental health because those physical symptoms were so loud and they really seem like my main problem. But I didn't get how difficult it was going to be to try and overcome something like this. So for me, when I started seeing a professional counselor, it actually helped me a lot and just getting those supports in my place so I could go long term. Because I don't know how you found, but I've definitely found, and I hear this from a lot of people, that because it's so long and because this can strip away so much from your life and because it can be so difficult, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of depression, there's a lot of anxiety. And when those things are taking over, your body can't heal. And when those things are taking over, you're not motiv motivated to keep going and keep taking care of yourself. So that mental strength is your fuel for all of this. So I guess that would be the first thing I would say, be like, before you even start tackling all this physical stuff, like just make sure you've got the support, the mental health support to be strong enough to do this for the long term. And also yeah. I would think, because I know for me in the beginning, I thought the answer was going to be like some medication or some supplement or, you know, some one thing like it's a thyroid problem or, but in my experience, it wasn't any one thing, not any one thing was going to fix me quote unquote, and uh, not any one thing was the problem. So just to be prepared to address a lot of things and to have to do a lot of work to get better because this isn't one of those illnesses where you just sit back and take some medication or, you know, do some simple therapy or get some surgery and then wait to heal and then it's gone. Uh, so yeah, just a very holistic approach to getting better. Those things, in my experience, deliver by far the best results. Like just finding the ways to naturally support your body's own ability to heal and then just keep building that up and then keep doing it every single day. For me, that's where I by far got the best results. Yeah, yeah, and as someone who is uh, myself who's also trying to recover, I do think that that's that's a bit of advice which I'm following now, and also recommend that too. I wanted to come on to sort of my last questions, and this is sort of a an interesting one really because you're someone who's been through it, and it takes away a lot of a lot of years. You know, we're not we're not trying to play it down or anything like that. It can be an incredibly difficult process, and you know, you have to manage to keep that motivation. Looking back now, is there anything which 
having chronic fatigue syndrome has taught you? Is there anything that you can gain positive from that experience? Oh my goodness, we're going to need a couple hours for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you can talk about it, I suppose. (laughs) There's so much. It's so incredible. And I hear this from so many other people as well. And I'd be interested to hear your experience also, that it's just chronic fatigue syndrome or perhaps just these types of things in general and they're like heavily disguised life coaches. I just find that every day you're paying attention, there's something to learn. It's, and even though it's been horrifically difficult and just, I can't even put into words how tough some of my years have been. If I had the option to take it back, I don't think I could because it's changed me so dramatically into someone completely different and just sort of launched this life of mine, that this dream life that I don't think I would have had, had I not had that catalyst, that awakening, you know, this kind of boot camp of growth (laughs) that I've been going through. So it's just, it's hard, I find, to sum it up into, you know, these three specific things that I learned. Um, But it's just an overall mental toughness, physical toughness, you know, focusing my priorities in life, what's important, how to take care of myself, feeling more in control. You know, I no longer feel like this sort of helpless sitting duck that might just be struck down by illness at any time. I know it can happen, but I feel like I have a lot more control over that. You know, I get now that there are things that we can do that can help us be healthier and live longer. And uh, so it's just overall, I've just learned how to better take care of myself how I want to approach my life, what's important. Uh, yeah, and just giving me focus that I didn't have before changes you. And it's the healthiest mindset to have too. I mean, I think it would be incredibly putting down on yourself if you managed to get through all that, you know, because there's a lot of effort that goes into the place of the person going through it. You know, they have to do a lot. And I think to then go through that and go, well, that would you know, I think you're kind of doing yourself down a little bit. You know, you got to give yourself the credit that you've done that. And you've probably grown a lot through that process. Yeah, agreed. Well, that is all the questions I have for you, Raylan. I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's been amazing to have you on, really. Thank you again for having me. This is, I really am grateful for the opportunity. I just, like I was saying before, love, love getting more information about this illness out and love connecting with other people and this is my first time ever on a podcast hey brilliant and also as you mentioned before i'm sure this will be used by other people to explain their own symptoms to their friends and family too (laughs) yeah absolutely i will definitely be forwarding this on to people (laughs) (laughs) brilliant thank you very much all right thank you